When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to 51 First Dates. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And we are doing an experiment. And talking about dating. And love. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Hello, everyone. I'm Liza. I'm Carlin. And this is 51 First Dates. You might notice that my intro is super, super fucking weird. That's because I don't usually do it. Kimmy does. And oh, I forgot to say cheers. 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 Oh, God. <laughs> Rough start. So today is the very first time in like 200 and something episodes that I am recording without Kimmy. And I feel very um, unsettled. And it's uh, totally fine. She's had like a wild couple weeks at work. So um, and we were all supposed to record together earlier, but then I got stuck at the DMV. So Carlin and I are here. I am in the absence of Kimmy thanking the goddesses of the universe that Carlin is here because she is the best. Hi, Carlin. Hi, Liza. Happy to be here. I like genuinely feel it feels so weird to be um, doing this uh, without her, but I'm so glad you're here. Let's talk a little bit. Kimmy's also better at this like top of the episode business. So here's our business. We are, da- we are a dating podcast. Um, we talk about all things dating, relationships, feelings, emotions, therapy, inner lives, womanhood, manhood, uh, personhood, uh, toxic positivity, and other. <laughs> um, we uh, Today we're going to talk about a question that Carlin actually brought up to me in our text thread. <laughs> it sounds... Okay, here's the thing. It sounds sad carlin just said this before we started how did you say it i said well one i was like i'm so excited for this episode because it's gonna sound like really sad but it's gonna be like upbeat and fun (laughs) yes i think so too so the episode the the topic of today's episode is what if i'm alone forever (laughs) but it could also be said what if i'm alone forever what if i'm alone forever oh wait no what if i'm alone i'm just trying to put the emphasis on different words i apologize (laughs) I feel like for what if I'm alone forever? Like that's like a yeah, good thing. Good, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So you know that's uh we're gonna talk about and we're gonna talk about uh the the pros the cons and basically like what it would look like for us if we were actually alone together. Like I want to kind of demystify it because I actually don't think it's bad or terrifying. And a little bit of like, are we judging ourselves or are we thinking about? how other people would judge us or you know what are our actual fears around that as human women um but first here's the business <laughs> carlin you looking at me like am i doing okay carlin's giving me a thumbs up okay so uh please if you would rate subscribe review and you can email us at 51 pod at gmail.com or you can um dm us on instagram follow us at 51 pod. Five one first dates pod, um, 
And, you know, please shoot us your questions, your topic suggestions. In a couple weeks, we're going to do like the opposite of this uh, episode, which is how to tell if they're the one. That's going to be our Valentine's Day episode. So if this episode bums you out, we will also have that episode. <laughs> and um, yeah, please do uh, shoot us like questions if you have them. We're going to answer a listener question later on about sort of like what do you do if you were like you were the person who treated someone badly what are the best ways to move forward after that and I have been that person a couple too many times and so I have lots of opinions on that but we do really like to receive listener questions and answer them whenever we can um that's the business let's do a quick consumption corner and I'll stop talking Carlin what have you been watching reading listening to I've been watching Euphoria, and I'm sure that's that's not like surprising, but I usually watch things very late. So I didn't watch the first season because people kept descri- describing it as like depressing and like not a joyful experience. So I was like, I'm not going to watch that, um, but was in that kind of mood and started watching season one and season two. So good. I mean, I that's not new. Everybody thinks that. But I guess it's just um, I think for me, my experience with Euphoria is that if I was like 98% sure that I wasn't going to do any like hard drugs, like I'm 110% sure that I'm not going to do that (laughs) ever. I also kind of feel like it makes me, which maybe I was already like 60-40 leaning this way, like not wanting to have children. Like do kids these days, and I can't believe I just said that phrase, but do kids these days really have to worry about like everything that they do like around their friends or in the privacy of like a relationship like that? It's going to be filmed. Just like everybody films everything. That's insane. (laughs) I can't imagine like raising a kid and telling them like, good luck out there. Like, hope you don't get filmed today. (laughs) I mean, very, very that. But also I have like a, um, you know, I have a 17-year-old niece who Carlin knows very well. Right. Uh, they might like each other more than me. Uh, but th- but I don't really think it's like that for, like, most kids. You know, I feel like it's it's highly, like, stylized. And maybe it is Fair. like that for some kids or kids who, like, maybe, like, city kids or something. You know, sometimes I see these, like, teenagers in New York walking around and I'm like, whoa, is your life insane? <laughs> But I feel like for the vast majority, that's not the vibe. But there are certainly people for whom it is the vibe. And the technology thing is definitely like, I know my my brother and sister-in-law have been like, I don't really know how to like raise my kids with this kind of technology. It's a huge right like thing you have to figure out. I don't like it. It's scary. Yeah. And I don't know how, right, how do you place like any kind of rules around it and yeah it would just scare me that is a fair point though like probably not everybody has that experience but most definitely texting samantha after this to see be careful (laughs) euphoria Um, is it real (laughs) put me on the thread because i'd like to (laughs) um so that's great any any other consumption to share i feel like that's been my main obsession that is is a useful conversation topic great cool I haven't watched it yet, so I feel like I don't have that much to add. I watched the first season, I think. And, like, yeah, it was a little dark and I fell off it. But I do want to watch more because I did also really like it. Yeah. Um, I have a consumption and it's so annoying. And I feel like you're going to eye roll. But I also think that, Carlin, you would really like this content if you haven't already consumed it. So I have gotten a little bit into Brene Brown 
which I love. Is, oh my god, you love her? <laughs> yes, I love her. So I read her New Yorker profile a couple of weeks ago, and like this isn't totally fair, but I had sort of lumped her in with. A, oh wait, did I? I already maybe talked to you about this. No, it was somebody else because I was being I was being a little sexist. I don't know. I had lumped her in with like. Not even sexist. I, I don't know why I assumed this about her, but I sort of assumed she was like one of these like self-help gurus that exist that are male or female who just like fancy themselves gurus. I didn't realize she's an actual like professor, researcher, PhD, like yeah. that's she is out there fucking boots on the ground, like researching Doing the it. things she's talking about in like a, you know, clinical setting, not just being like. I went to this country and had an awakening or whatever. Right. Again, I don't know why I'm judging that. However, um, I'm listening to a book of hers on Audible. Which one? First of all, love. She's a Texan, which I know you will relate to and love. Love. Um, love her whole vibe. Love her like accent. Love her voice. <laughs> so I'm listening to her book, The Power of Vulnerability, which is actually a series of six lectures. And so she gave them to a live audience so you can kind of hear the audience response. She's like interacting with the audience. I just bought it. I had to use a bunch of Audible credits. So I just bought like a handful of things. And this was one because a friend was because I had just read her New Yorker profile. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, it is hitting. And I just think that like anything she writes would I feel like it would really resonate with our audience. And I know I'm late to this party and probably you're definitely already doing this, Carlin. And I'm sure a lot of people who are listening are like, uh, yeah. Brene Brown's awesome and we've been listening to her reading for her for years. <laughs> but if you haven't, I just feel like the way she talks about shame. Oh, God. So good. It, it's amazing. It's like already changing my my viewpoint on myself. I talked about it like so much in therapy this week. I'm going to honestly reference it a lot today because I feel like this is a big thing for our topic today is shame. So. I just, I'm now going to basically like read and listen to every single one of her books that's ever existed and probably talk about her. She, like her and Esther Perel are, are going to be my, um, my main kind of uh, go-to gals. It's a good um, duo. And like, maybe that softens like the serious tone of this, of this um, episode. It's like, you know, what if I'm alone forever, but like brought to you by the guidance of Brene Brown from things yeah. that we've read because she's not actually here. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Do you ever say y'all? You live oh, in Texas for like time. a lot of years. Yeah. Okay. I think I, I exclusively almost... use it in text. I guess I'm surprised. I Maybe I don't ever say it. If I'm just talking to you. No, yes. Yes, I use it. Okay. Because I can't like hear in my mind's ear you saying y'all but yeah. you lived in texas for like many of your formative years so yeah There's i like, wish i could say it but there, you, you can't y'all what do you mean you don't because i let me if hear you're you say from, it like, say it no okay okay y'all 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 well, now you're just I thinking can't about do it because <laughs> here's the thing if you're a you know just a fucking northeast like born and raised person and you say it it just you sound like a fucking tool basically uh, you have to have lived you have there to have the you roots. know <laughs> yeah not just to like pull it off but if i were ever gonna say y'all like in a class or something or, or around people i know they'd be like aren't you from connecticut <laughs> like you can't 
Even if I could pull it off beautifully, even if I could really sell it, everyone I know would be like, bitch, you're not from the cell. <laughs> so. That's amazing. Yeah, I definitely use it. And um, it's it, there's a certain sweet spot with like the amount of alcohol that I take that like my Czechist <laughs> accent like will come out that I'm surprised it's it's between that and like falling asleep so it's like really a brief moment in time <laughs> I've heard it as you're just as you're sitting up having a full conversation with me and your eyes start to droop yeah that's 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 the moment I'm sure I've mentioned on the pod but Carlin has a unique gift to fall asleep like in the middle of a sentence while she's talking it's amazing <laughs> um okay let's do a quick rapid fire pep talk questions and uh, and then we'll go into our topic du jour. Ready? Uh, okay. Here we go. Carlin. This is from a listener, I think, on Instagram. I think he's the one, but I hate his fam. What would you do? I guess I would. I would share my feelings about his family with him and go from there. As someone that has like a difficult relationship with their own family I would actually and not that he feels this way but I would lead with to my partner like I don't see them a lot I hope that's like okay so that my the person that I'm with doesn't like try to pressure me like oh well why don't we see them why don't we go and visit them so I feel like there can be an honest conversation because if if it's a if it's a thing that where you're that they're making you uncomfortable you should totally share that with your partner and then if it's a strong relationship like any kind of like boundaries you set should be honored so I feel like I would start that conversation as opposed to and not that that was part of the question question but if they're thinking like oh should I just leave because I don't like their family like I think a conversation could be had first totally yeah I I totally agree I also think that like the biggest question here is how does he feel about his family if he's yeah. also like hey, my family's toxic and horrible, but I need to see them every six months to, like, minimize the toxicity or whatever it is. I think it's great to step up and be like, cool, I'm there for you. I will show up. And as long as I'm not, like, actively, like, emotionally abused or triggered or whatever, I'll try to support you through it. If he loves his family and wants to be with them every single weekend and all the time and wants to spend a ton of time with them, but they're not nice to you. And I know friends in both of these situations. Like I know friends who are married to people or partnered with people whose fam who doesn't who don't have great relationships with their families and it's always a chore to go see them, but they do it a couple times a year or once a year or whatever. I know people who are treated really, really poorly by their partner's family and their partner wants to be with their family all the time. So like if that's the case, everything Carlin said. But I also think like if your partner recognizes the problems with your fam with their own family and they have like their own boundaries set up and whatever that then like going with them and trying to support them and, you know, being there for them as long as it's like emotionally healthy and like, OK, for you is a good it's just like a good move, you know? Agreed. OK, next one. Been dating for two months. Like him a lot. All caps. But the sex is only OK. Communication. I would talk, like, again, talk about it. Um, yeah, I, I guess I just feel like, you know, to me, to want to be in a relationship, it, like, I want to, like, caps lock everything. 
Like, I like him a lot. The sex is really great. Doesn't mean it has to be the best sex of my life, but it's good enough because, I mean, right, isn't that good sex because we are communicating? So I, I would start, I would start there. Yeah, totally. And I also would say, like, do you feel like it has potential? You know uh, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like sometimes I have had sex with people and I've been like, there is no potential here. Or like, okay, like, we could do better, yeah. you know? Like, I, I, and it's funny because I don't know exactly what that is. Like, I don't know exactly what the boundary is or like the litmus test is. But I just feel like it's something you kind of know. Um, so if there is no potential, if you are like, I don't like this, like this doesn't. Uh, and again, I'm not talking about I'm talking about like I'm assuming this is, you know, healthy and like it's not like I'm not saying you don't like it, like it makes you feel icky. I'm saying like if it's like hard to get through, <laughs> that <laughs> might be a big problem. <laughs> I've had those experiences That's where fair, I'm like. Yeah. I consented. I am still consenting. This is in, in no way problematic, but man, I'm just ready for it to be done. <laughs> like, um, you know, if you feel that, you know, chemistry is like super duper important. If you feel like, okay, I'm attracted to him. If you like the way he smells, I swear to God, and if the pheromones are there, if they're popping and it's just like some logistics or some like miscommunication, like I think lots of things can be worked on. Right. And like, what is the dating for two months? Like, does that include the time that you guys were like, just kind of getting to know each other? Like, are you having like sex every day? And it's only okay, or it's like only been a couple of times because it's like still new. Like, you know, I I think to, you know, infuse Brene Brown, like put some vulnerability in it to like to be open about it. Or like maybe something like one of my favorite things, like once you're like more comfortable with someone like just like, you know, have a couple of drinks for like having sex with people is a super vulnerable thing. And like to get to the point of like where it's really good, like because I can't expect anybody to read my mind or vice versa, like loosen it up with like, you know, a little help and see if that, you know, assists it or like opens up the conversation or something like that. Yeah, totally. Very well said. Um, OK, last one. I want to date, but I have the winter blues and feel like I'm not in a good place. Should I push through it or just wait till after daylight savings ends? LOL. Choose yourself. If you're not feeling it, take a break. I would say, I mean, there are like few things, few things. I'm also lazy, but like there are a few things in life (laughs) that I was like, you know, I'm going to push through when I don't really want to do it and like have felt better. I feel like the only thing that works like that is like maybe working out. And even then I'm still like, I'm mad that I just did that. So like, I feel like this is like a, because you should be like, you know, vulnerable and dating. Like that's something that like you can take a break. Like there, there's no, unless you're putting it on yourself, like there's no rush, right? Like what's the, you know, what's, the difference and depending on where you live like if you if there's like not a lot to do because it's like winter time it's cold and it's snowy then like you know take the time to just like veg out and binge watch something if that is more appealing to you like if you're not having fun it's not gonna be fun it may not even yeah. like turn out that great because you know there's like no positivity around it yeah yeah i basically agree i mean it's funny because i feel like a lot of the the theme of this podcast is to push through and force yourself onto dates if you can. But 
I I think that okay, here's what as someone who gets like the super fucking winter gloomies, here's what I would do. I would try to push yourself to go on like a date with a friend. You know, mm-hmm. I would say like if you I'm basically I don't know if I actually agree with this. Let me let me talk through it and then I'll say if I agree or disagree with myself. I think that basically like go on an audition, go on a test date, go out with a friend, see if it really makes you feel good or like get a drink with a coworker or an acquaintance or somebody who you like haven't seen in a while just to be like what does it feel like to get out, to get dressed, to put on makeup, to go to a place and to have a chat with somebody. And if you get home and you are like, I am so goddamn drained that I can't even, like, get my shoes off before I lie on the couch, then, like, wait. And if you come home and you're like, oh, my God, that was really energizing. I had a really good time. Then maybe test out going on a date. You know, like, because the thing with pushing yourself is that Almost everything in life requires that's good and worth having requires you to go a little bit outside of your comfort zone, right? So, like, I'm a big advocate of pushing yourself in ways that feel healthy and thought through and um, considered and practical and productive. But I also have been known to push myself so hard that I have, like, anxiety meltdowns so I'm a really like I'm trying to embrace um pushing myself out of my comfort zone gently like nudging myself out of my comfort zone instead of like diving into the middle of the ocean out of my comfort zone or whatever um because I've done both and it can be too much um so yeah I, I agree with myself after talking it out. I think go on a go on a fake test date with someone who maybe is like, yeah, an acquaintance or coworker. Just like go have a drink with them and see how you feel after. I agree with you too. And like strike my previous statement about anything I have to push through <laughs> is terrible. Um there's another Brene Brene Brown, uh one of her books like called Daring Greatly. Like sometimes you just I and I think which also com- connects to vulnerability like you just never know what you might get like I which we're going to talk about in terms of like my question about like what if I do end up alone uh forever that kind of spun out of my own winter blues and so I did take a break Mm -hmm. from online but then what I did was like what do I need to do like to feel like great within myself or by myself or whatever and really all that I did this week I started wearing lipstick every day because I wasn't going in to work and so I didn't have to worry about the mask and then I remembered like how much I love lipstick and it was like this MAC lipstick that like they all have like the certain smell that I love and then it was just like a great and then I bought more lipstick and then I was like oh my gosh I can't wait to wear this out and like be out in the world and it like just immediately was like a great like pick me up that was like a little date with myself (laughs) just for five minutes like you know, in the morning putting on lipstick and I was like, I look amazing. More people should see this. Like, you know, and it was just one of those things like, right. I kind of just needed to, I don't know, shift my mindset and look at it a different way that I was like, oh yeah, I got this. I can do this. Totally. Yeah. It's so like, it's so tough in this time of year, especially, I mean, I was, I was, um, 
complaining to Farlin about this at the top of the episode, but like this January's just been tough for me. I've just had like, you know, a couple a couple tough life things and everything's gonna be totally fine, but it has not been the easiest couple of weeks. And I feel like I'm really, really embracing just like little things. You know, I'm just like lighting candles and putting on music and like putting on perfume and like just doing stuff that it's like, what are like some dumb little things that can make me feel better? And I also really hate winter. I hate being cold and I hate how dark it is. And I hate (laughs) Omicron and I hate the like isolation of all of it. So, you know, big, big props to like doing these little things and like almost like taking it like a staircase, like doing one or two little things. And if that makes you feel better, you can do the next thing and you can do the next thing. And then maybe at some point it's a date. Yeah. Work up to it. Love it. Love it. Lock and load it. Live it. it. Learn it. Love it. Life. (laughs) Throw pillows. Let's take a super quick ad break and then we're going to come back with our discussion of what if I'm alone forever? I'm going to say it with a different intonation every time. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Okay, we're back. <laughs> I'm sorry. You did I'm it! Um, it was awesome. And we're going to dive in. Like... Oh, go ahead. And we're going to dive in uh, to the topic for today's podcast of what if I'm alone forever? Inflection wasn't the best. Carlin, you did so good. Before we came back, I was like, Carlin, do you want to bring us back? And she was like, oh my God, how? How do I do it? And I was like, you could do it. You did amazing. <laughs> the you. dulcet tones of your vo- voice soothed me. Um, okay. So let's start with this. Tell me like why you wanted to talk about this. I know you alluded to it a little bit before the break, but what's what made this topic like kind of come to the front of your mind? Most definitely the winter blues. And if everyone listening has been like following my my Connecticut dating um, experience, it's like not been it's been different. It's it's different than Chicago, the demographic and just I guess the amount of people. Um, And it's been hard in the sense that like in in my desire to like kind of get out there and like meet more people and just see more places like online dating hasn't really helped with that which is totally fine but then there is like you know a very big part of online dating where if you're like not getting matches or nothing's coming from them at least for me maybe not everybody feels this way it com- it turns to the conversation of like oh well what's wrong with me like why isn't it working is it my profile is it my pictures etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, and then I think just connected around like the emotions of like the holidays and family time, it just, it just wasn't great and I wasn't feeling good. And then it just made me think back to like, um, people I've dated in the past, specifically like Mr. Old Fashioned and like, because that maybe wasn't resolved in the way that I would have liked, there's even a part of me 
that would like sometimes thinks about like oh what if i went back to chicago or what if he reached out and and then it worked out and then he moved here and like all these like crazy fantastical things that probably won't happen um but then it got to a point that it's like is that really how i feel about my life that like really the only option in the world is this guy that i used to date and also hurt me and wasn't nice to me that that that's the only thing and then it made me think like what if that was and I rejected it and then I just decided to be alone forever or just ended up being alone? Like, what would that really mean? And I think a big part of it is maybe like, not that I feel like a lot of pressure in my life to like be in a relationship, but like I'm aware of my age. I'm not saying I'm old. I'm just saying I'm aware of time passing and like other people um, around me, friends that I've had since high school and middle school and like, you know, have gone on, like people are very much in like their baby phase right now. And I'm nowhere near that, which is totally fine. But it's just a thing of like, when am I going to have those experiences? And what does it mean if I don't? Like, what does my life look like if I don't? And would I be okay? with being alone forever if I made that decision like if I just wanted to do away with online dating because like another piece of it that's like totally crazy and gonna be vulnerable and admit it I was looking for some stupid like game app because I couldn't fall asleep and then you could did you know if you go into the app store you can see like all of the apps that you've ever downloaded like if they're not currently on your phone and like my Whoa. first dating app that I downloaded was match.com and OKCupid around the same time. And I like, <laughs> I'm like nervous to say the year, not that it's like 1999 or anything, obviously. Um, but it was 2011. I've been on some kind of like dating app for 10, almost 11 years. Yeah. That's crazy. And then part of me says like, <laughs> what do I have to show for? It? And obviously I've like met people and been in relationships and situationships. But is that right? Like, is that, <laughs> am I, am I doing yeah. it right? So, and that just felt weird. I mean, that's a weird. huge thing is like lots of people, I mean, sh our friend Shani Silver has talked about this. Like dating apps are designed to keep you on them in a lot of ways, you know? Um, and it's strange. Like it's such a, I have such mixed feelings about it, which I feel like I'm not even allowed to have an opinion because I wasn't ever, I never did the dating app because dating apps because I was too afraid to be vulnerable in that way, which is another another episode for another day, Brene. Um, <laughs> but basically, like, it's it's so strange, right? Because I feel like it's like a tool that is imperfect, but now we're like reliant on. It's yeah, it's confusing. Yeah. So, okay. To drill into this a little bit, what do you think the biggest... So here's what I was thinking we could do. I think we could, like, talk a little bit about what, it what we think it would look like for each of us if we were not in couples for, like, the rest of our lives. You know, just, like, think about it and then maybe talk about what sounds nice and what doesn't sound nice and then talk about why. Or should we talk about why it's scary first? I think why it's scary will come out of like talking about what we like and what we we don't like. Totally. Um, should I start? Yeah. Awesome. 
Um, so what I like is I only have to consider myself and like my cats maybe at second, but they're, (laughs) you know, they're old. They're not going to be around forever. Um, and not in a way that like, Oh, I can't think of others, but I think we've like talked about this before on the pod. Like, you know, when I want to go out or order something for dinner, for delivery, like I'm literally only considering myself and I don't have to ask anybody else's opinion. Um, so that, is really nice but then I think what sucks about that is like I like thinking about other people like the idea of like you know coming home to someone and like if they're not having a good day it's like how can I make their day better like I would love to like hear what 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 do they want to have for dinner and like can I make something for them or can I like surprise them and have like their favorite meal like at home and different things like that so specifically related to eating that's how I would feel (laughs) about it but I think there's an independence that I love and value in being in single. But what I don't like about the independence is that one day when the cats are gone, like it'll literally just be me in this apartment or one day if I have a house or a condo, like it, it's, it's just me there. And so beyond just like any kind of like emotional taxation or whatever that that would be like also just like safety wise if I fall or so and I don't even mean when I'm 80 just like I fall when I'm like 35 something bad could happen um what does that mean or just even having like support like when you have like those hard days hard emotional days like if somebody um there's like a family situation going on or if you're just having a hard month like you are right now like you know if you don't have that support system like in your space beyond calling a friend or zooming with them like you know what would that be like and like would that be harder as I get older as my parents get older as my friends get older and thing people are just going through like you know the general trials of life so I I think that would be I don't know what that would look like and I would sure the answer is that I would like heavily depend on my friends but then my friends have their own lives and if they're partnered up or have children like that's an extension of their own responsibilities like that person like so you and Jeff like it's not just your issues in your bad day or good day or your family it's also his family and then if you have kids and it's like the you know the the expansion of like their network um so I wouldn't want to like be a burden on my friends or anything in that way. I have this like funny, like vision for um, my like best friend since like the seventh grade that like, if we ever live in the same place, like I'll be that like sitcom aunt that like comes in through the back door. Who's got like a questionable outfit, probably like a <laughs> denim mini skirt and like pink Uggs. And I'm like 48 with a bad There's dye some job. kind of like sequins or bedazzling on something. Exactly. Too. And then yeah. <laughs> of course, like, her son is like, you know, why is she always coming in at 8 a.m.? It's like she had a rough night. Like, you know, that's just <laughs> yeah. that's just how it's just how it is. And but then also part of that like tickles me pink, and I would love that for myself. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, that was a ramble. Yeah, I apologize. Not at all. Well, my next question. Okay, so I'm gonna do mine briefly only because then I want you to do this too. Okay, I'm gonna like play it out like it's a movie for myself. Love it. Okay, so basically, like, what I would, if I were, again, like, 
single, uncoupled, whatever, however you want to call it. Um, I'll say uncoupled because I think it's like, I don't know. less. It's on. It's the word. Stigmatizey or whatever. Yeah. Um. So if I were uncoupled for like the rest of my life or the majority of my life or or whatever, I think that what I the way I would like it to go is I'd like to be like a kooky New York lady, not not. Kook, I mean, I am a kooky New York lady. <laughs> See, this is, again, with the stigmatization of like the single woman. I would like to basically live in New York probably not have children but be like a super involved aunt which i mean i already try to be but like a super involved aunt really involved in like the raising of my friends kids and i would try to be constantly like cultivating new relationships and friendships which i think is something that i love about new york is that i've lived here for almost uh for for over 11 years and every year i've like met new people and made new friends and it it doesn't get it does get I mean obviously during the pandemic it's been harder but I just think that's like a special thing about living here so for for me I can actually see like a long-term future where I could be really really happy as a single again I'm still doing it as an uncoupled person but I would definitely like want to fill my biggest thing is that with too much time to myself I start to get very depressed and it doesn't have to be time with other people but I have to fill it with something so I lived alone for two years when I also like didn't have the most stable work situation and I dealt with some like pretty serious depression during that time and even stuff like going to museums going to walk going to movies like getting out and like doing stuff in the world even if it was alone was a big thing for me so I would need to live like in a place where that was really possible and then I would just try to really enjoy um you know culture and like enrich my life uh as much as possible I try to do that anyway (laughs) but genuinely it's sometimes harder because you do have to negotiate the schedule of another person the wants of another person the needs of another person um I think that the cons for me and this is something that like really really sucks and there's just like no other way around it it's really nice to share household expenses like finances would be a con for me Mm -hmm. everything is half I mean not really because like you know we use more toilet paper but (laughs) whatever but stuff like rent and insurance and you know even like groceries and it's like just everything is a little bit less expensive um but I also think that, like, if I were living this, this like, New York uncoupled life throughout my whole life, I would also potentially try to combine households with, like, another single friend. Um, I was reading this incredible story. I would also, like, love to raise a child with another female friend. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, that'd be that so cute. That would be tight. Like, to just be like, okay, cool. We're going to get a three-bedroom apartment, and we're going to do this thing, and it's going to be great, and, like, it'll be fun. But yeah, I was reading this amazing article about two single moms who bought a house together, like, who are, like, lifelong friends and who bought a house together and are, like, raising their kids together, and they share a car, and they're, like, you know, they're acting as though they are a married couple in terms of finances and, and child care, mm. but they're... 
and like their kids are gonna like view each other more as siblings or cousins or whatever even though they're not related um so i feel like all of that could be really cool and exciting but the big cons are the the big practical cons are the financial side of things and not being able to like split rent um and yeah i mean i love the emotional support of my relationship a lot and value it a lot um but i also think that like I want to believe I could provide that for myself, but I only probably could provide that for myself when I'm at my best, which I would say is only about 33% of the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then it's not like it for for me like not having had like a serious relationship recently, like it's I mean like what would be different? I mean like between now and forever, I would just, like, keep doing it. So in terms of, like, that's, like, an interesting put point about, like, the emotional support. Like, right, there's, like, I got myself out of that, like, little dip of winter blues by putting lipstick on. Like, maybe that's just the way it goes for the rest of my life. Um, but I guess because the rest of my life w- will be so different than what I've experienced thus far like i mean even thinking about like social circles like i think the new york thing is a good point and then in my head it's like well if i do live forever and i stay on the east coast like i'll i should probably move into new york it'll be it'll be probably a better time for my social life than like new haven but like if you think about like how we've grown up up until this point most of our life being spent in school and being forced to be around people like being forced to be in some kind of community community where you can make those connections but like that's like one of the things like as an adult like say if I got a new job like in Montana or somewhere I don't know anyone out there like the only people I would know would be the people that I worked with and like that would be my social circle if they wanted to even include me like you know if it was even that kind of like situation um so I guess like I'm not confident about the emotional support part of it piece of it because the rest of my life is just would be so uncharted beyond like not knowing what I would be doing but like how things would be handled because I'd be so out of my comfort zone of like always being around a community because I was in college and had people around or like you know now being able to move and being near somebody that was that I went to college with but I feel Mm -hmm. like as people you know, continue to grow their lives if I happen to not be, like, located close to them, like, in proximity, what does that look like? And then if, you know, as my parents get older, one day when they pass, like, what is, if I don't even, if I'm not connected to family, like, extended family beyond that? Um, and it's not that I'm, like, worried, worried about it. I'm just realizing now that it maybe sounds like, you know, oh, it'll it'll be really hard. But I think it's just, like, the the big question that I would have. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's something that like we talk about all the time on this podcast in general. Like I feel like we talked about this, Kamina may have maybe talked about this last week or something of like how much of dating is craving a relationship and how much of it is craving human connection. You know? Mm-hmm. Like that's something that I have thought about a lot in the pandemic when mostly I've been spending my time with Jeff where I'm like I still really crave connection outside of that because we all just want connection. And sometimes 
we need like novelty in our connection. I'm not talking about like romantically at all. I have no desire to like have an open relationship or be like outside into people's DMs. It's just <laughs> like there are moments where I'm like, I would like to explore another person's soul. And that's when I call you or Kimmy or, you know, like whatever. Yeah. One of my female friends who I can talk to for hours um, or not even female friends. I have actually uh, several male friends who I can get on the phone with and fucking just go. Um, but it's it's a big question. And I think it speaks to this a lot of like, what do we need from others and what do we what do we provide for ourselves? And like how much of that can really be shifted? I mean, so many of us during the pandemic have found ourselves with much less human interaction than we're used to and have been really like grappling with what that means. I still feel like I don't totally understand it, even though we're like almost two years into this. Yeah. Um, here's another element I want to talk about before we leave, because I think this has been a big one for me in the past is does shame play into this at all are are we worried about what other people will think of us or are we judging ourselves or saying like what does it mean about us if we're uncoupled because like in my past I basically was like well everyone's gonna think I'm like a freak or a loser or like I don't know I just thought that I would be I was like I stigmatized I didn't stigmatize any of my friends who were who were not in a couple but I was super fucking hard on myself and I was constantly sure that everybody was judging me yeah most definitely I think um yeah the there is I think the fear or the fear that I would feel about like the shame part is that I, not just like what other people would think, but I would also, I think part of me would think like, well, why didn't it happen? It like, what was I doing wrong? Like shame, like for myself, like, oh, I'm like, I mean, we said it before, like I greet in conversations, like I'll talk about like the weirdest things and can like, can get through anything. But like, if I'm not good enough to move beyond like a first date or something like that like what's wrong with me and then like kind of connecting it to the body positivity episode like most obviously probably like 70 percent of that shame it's like oh it's my body that isn't right or adequate or or you know whatever and then oh my god same but like body and face for me i'm just like i'm just ugly right i mean just like the whole yeah just like the whole package the the whole essence of of carlin i would think like yeah insane i'm sorry to interrupt you no only just because i'm staring at your fucking stunning self it's just so insane the things we think about ourselves sometimes oh god yeah it's terrible and and it's You know, and, you know, as positive as as I can feel about myself or like, you know, putting on like the lipsticks this week and be like, I look amazing. But like, I think online dating, but just dating in general, like there's there's like a piece of it. Right. Or for me, I'm not saying for everybody that like when it's not working out, like I just take that inward like so much. And it's like, oh, I didn't like, you know, talk about myself correctly, like on my profile or I didn't have like the right kind of pictures or whatever and it's similar to i've talked about this with liza before like when i'm swiping and like if i 
there isn't a lot of interest. Like something I said to her, it's like, but I want to find like my partner to be like, I want to be like really attracted to him. Like I want to, and that doesn't mean that he looks like um, Seth Meyers brother. (laughs) (laughs) Your platonic ideal of a man. Please call Josh Myers. Josh Myers. (laughs) Um, Or Michael B. Jordan or anything. It's not like he has to look, I just want to, you know, have that kind of like attraction to somebody. And then, to feel that way, but then to not get matches. And to me, like by my own logic, it's like nobody is excited looking at my picture or reading my profile. Like they're, it's, it's, you know, it's gross as blah. Um, and then so beyond like that own shame, I then would think like, you know, it's standard, like for, I think most single people, like men or women, um, at some point someone's like, you know, oh, when are you going to start dating or you date anybody? Like, when are you going to get married? There's that general, like, oh, well, why are you alone? Like what's wrong with you? So I would, I feel like really the shame would mostly 90% be from my own self, but then the other 10 I would factor in from like other people. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. That's a really interesting metric is, is like thinking about the percentage. For me, it was probably 50, 50. Mm. I have always been so fucking worried what other people think of me and you know less and less as I've gotten older and everybody say it with me therapy it's <laughs> like I literally feel like if I can go through an episode of this podcast without mentioning therapy um the world might end <laughs> but it's you know I think this is just an, an important and interesting thing for anyone listening to think about too is that if we think about that shame how much of it is coming from ourselves directed to ourselves and how much of it is worrying about what other people think of us. I don't have a solution, but I just think that like it is interesting to know. When I was younger, it was probably like 80/20 what other people mostly what other people thought of me Agreed. and a little bit what I thought of myself. And it's lessened. I mean, now it's like much less only because I continue to make choices that like lots of people judge or whatever and I'm just like I don't know I'm exhausted of thinking about what you guys fucking think of me but you know it's um it's two different problems like I think it's two very different problems dealing with the part of you what other people thinks and dealing with the part of you that's hard on yourself um I've talked about both those things a lot in therapy and I don't have, there's no like easy solutions, but at least understanding that they're different, I think might be helpful to kind of like parse that shame out. But also I'm only about a third of the way through Brene Brown's <laughs> book. So I, I'll report back after I more have more info from Brene. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Help us, Brene. Um, <laughs> Brene. So Carlin, before we do our listener question, do you have any closing thoughts on this? Do you have any wisdom to impart? Put on some lipstick. I mean, like, I really am. <laughs> like, I think, like, later this weekend, I might, like, get back on the apps and, like, see how I feel. But it's also just, like, whatever, man. Like, I feel like there is um a, a quote that I <laughs> would love to share that I had read recently that I felt like was just the most perfect, marvelous. And it's, I am so thirsty for the marvelous that only the marvelous has power over over me. Anything I cannot transform into something marvelous, I let go. And that, to me, is just like, if I'm not having fun, I'm fucking letting that go. 
Like if 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 it's fun and enjoyable to think about Mr. Old Fashioned and like to stalk his brothers on Instagram so I can see a picture of him and that definitely worked out. Um like then I'll do it. Like if I actually feel good doing it, but it's like when I look at it and think about it and I'm honest with myself, it doesn't make me feel good. It just makes me feel petty and dwell on things that like didn't make me feel happy towards the end. Like, was I happy that one day before things went to shit? Yeah, but that one day isn't going to last a lifetime. Also, I don't even live there anymore. Like, there's just like so many things that I get swept up in that really the main thing I should be thinking about is like one, choosing myself because that's all I'm responsible for right now, plus the cats. And then two, choosing the things after choosing myself, like choosing the things that like actually make me happy and choosing things that are fun or make me feel marvelous and just letting go the rest of that shit um at least that's what i'm gonna try that's like my that's my uh january 28th and forward mindset fuck yeah fuck yeah and lipstick and lipstick i miss my lipsticks so much next time so powerful when you come to the city can we go lipstick oh my god yes try to i because i want to try the mac lipstick you have i have one that i i have a an Anastasia Beverly Hills one that I love that I want in many more colors. Let's we'll go to Sephora and we'll buy some yeah, lipstick. and we'll do all of the bright colors. Like there was this, you can actually yes. do them like online and they'll do it. There was like this bright orange one. It's like I'm totally buying this ah. for summer. Ah, so good, and wearing ah. it to your wedding. Like it's yes. Be great. <laughs> oh my god. All right, listener um, question. We're ready. Let's do this listener question. Do you want to read it? No. Okay, I'll do it. <laughs> I'm shaking. <laughs> No, everybody. You're like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> okay, ready? Uh, okay. Uh, this comes from our email. I have one first dates pod at gmail.com. Often on this podcast, listeners ask questions about being on the receiving end of bad behavior when it comes to dating and relationships. But I have a question about being the person who has treated someone poorly or at least not how they deserve to be treated. Do you have advice or thoughts on reaching out to an ex and apologizing for poor behavior, even if it's two-ish years later? I've been thinking about reaching out to a past ex over email and writing them a letter to apologize for my poor communication skills that somehow abruptly led to the end of a four-month relationship. I've had a lot of time to reflect and have had a fair amount of self-growth in the two years. Shout out therapy. Yeah. Since this has happened. But for some reason, I find myself replaying how things went down, wishing that I had been more mature and been a better communicator. In doing this, I understand if they don't respond and my intention is not to reunite or try again. I'm just curious if it would be a constructive thing to do to bring closure to a situation from the past or if you think it's best to just let it go. In other words, is writing them selfish because I will give my, it will give me permission to forgive myself and move on but may only bring up negative feelings for them? Just curious if you had any thoughts. Thoughts? What do you think, Carlin? This is a really good question. I'm really excited to talk about it. It is a really good question and I, I think I would let it go because I'm also this person in terms of like reaching out to just kind of like set things right but it's like setting things right like by my own measure by like what I think like in my mind and like whether or not they would perceive it the exact same way like is no guarantee um and I don't think it's certainly not selfish because you kind of just want to like clear the air but because you cannot like manage their emotions or know how they would react to it and like they also haven't reached out like I would just let it go and like give that peace to myself of like in that forgiveness like 
I wasn't in the mind space that I made good uh, decisions. I acted inappropriately. And I see that now. And like, really, the best you can do is to not do that going forward because you have grown. And like, that's that's where I would like leave it, I think. But what about you, Liza? No, I mostly agree. I mean, so here's my thought. My big question, this is something I would say to my my three-year-old niece. Uh, do you owe them an apology? Mm. You know, that's, I think, the big question is, like, did you do something that you feel was morally wrong or do you think you very deeply hurt them? Um, I think the biggest thing to ask yourself is, would they benefit from an apology? I I certainly did this. I, I relate to this so hard. Literally, like, I could have written this, except for me, it would be like eight-ish years later. <laughs> but it was like about the same. It was a, you know, a six-month relationship ended abruptly because I had miscommunicated all sorts of things. And I know that he was very, like, hurt and upset and thought I treated him badly. And I was not that considerate. I don't think he would benefit from an apology. I think it would be more of opening a wound if I, I mean, again, this is eight years ago. I'm sure he doesn't fucking think about me. You know, it's like (laughs) it was a short relationship a very long time ago. But I'm thinking about like if it was closer in time, I don't think he would benefit from hearing from me. I think it would inflame like old resentments and um, yeah, I, I don't think it would be the right thing for him. Uh, we had like bumped into each other once and he had like not. It just was like based on a, a number of factors. I don't think it would help him. Um. I probably do owe him an apology, but I'm thinking about like his personality and the specifics of the end of the end of our of our I don't know if I would call it a relationship, but semi relationship. Um, so that's, I think, the biggest thing is to think about this person. And if there's someone who you think would it would feel really good to them to hear, like if anything ever went wrong with Jeff and I. God, like, God forbid, knock on wood in many ways. I think he would actually really benefit from hearing like a heartfelt apology with an email that said like, no need to respond. I, you know, I, I absolutely don't need to like take this further. I just feel I owe you an apology. Like that's his personality. So I think that's the big question is like, do you owe him an apology? Did you really do something wrong that you think merits reaching out? And do you think you would benefit from one? Um. And if the answer to either of those things is no, I'm totally with Carlin. Don't reach out and potentially don't reach out anyway or write the letter for yourself. Mm -hmm. Look at it and then think about if it would be of benefit to him or if it would be only to make yourself feel better because all about making yourself feel better. But maybe writing the letter like will actually clarify that. And maybe make you feel better because you'll be like, look how much I've grown. And now, as Carlin said, I'm not going to do this to the next person I date. Yeah. I'm also just thinking in my head, like, of times that somebody treated me poorly, like, would I want an apology? Like, recent ones or, like, ones that have been, like, years ago. And I, I think there's – I certainly don't know, like, at what level, like, the actions that – that the the reader took that she feels badly about. But like, 
it's gosh, it's interesting. Like if Mr. Old Fashioned apologized to me, like I don't know that it would make me feel better. And I certainly cannot compare these two situations because I only know my own experience. But like in my head, I'm just thinking like I my response would just be like, why couldn't you just be like the person I needed you to be in that moment? And the and it's probably it's apples and oranges. Like um, that's they're both fruit. That's a terrible phrase. Um, like it's 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 more. I guess in my head, I'm just thinking. Like depending on what the action actually was, like I don't even think I would benefit from from the apology because it would just screw with my head more. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that. After this conversation, I'm leaning, like, write the letter and don't send it. Yeah. You know, write it for yourself. Appreciate your own self-growth. Because I think exactly what you said, Carlin. I think that, like, the chances of closure for the other person from an apology are smaller than the chances of, like, picking at an old wound or reopening mm-hmm. something or dragging you back into something emotionally that you've moved past. Um. So, yeah, I'm going to lean no, unless you think, again, unless you really feel that you did something, like, morally wrong to the person, which I don't think poor communication is. You know, we all carry our baggage and are only bringing ourselves to other people. And we've all wronged people because of that and been wronged by other people because of that. And that is just part of life. So I also wouldn't be too hard on yourself for that. Right. Agreed. Write the letter and go from there. Yeah. And we love you. We love all of you. Y'all. Oh, God. I don't know know if it works. (laughs) Okay, but you say it. You say it. We love y'all so much. Yeah, there you go. So you just like. So much more natural. Yeah, I never thought about it. If you haven't lived in the South, our Southern listeners are like, Liza, she does. Or they're like, bless her heart. Yeah, um, probably, yeah. But you know what I actually, I do like to say bless her heart or bless their heart. Bless, you know, that it's is so a good, useful yeah. one that I do borrow bless from, from um, you Southerners. Guys, you we guys, love you. Thank, thank you. you so much for listening. And go on a date. Say it. Go on a date. Go on a date.